0: An entire village goes missing in 1587. Uh, I've got more than that. A woman hiking in 1946 goes missing, gone without a trace. A man. (laughs) I can't. can't. A man disappears midday. In 1949.
1: We're going to have to start writing down the intros now, because good I God. know
0: this is a bad intro. I can redo it. I think. I mean, I mean we're, the masters, we're the masters. Why not? I'm masters of our who own.
1: We'll be slicing this to pieces. So just slicing,
0: slicing and dicing. Guys.
2: <clears throat> me,
0: me, 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 me. <sighs> yeah, you thought I was going to start, didn't you? But I didn't. An entire village goes missing in 1587, a woman disappears mid-hike and is never found, and a man disappears mid-day in the 1940s. What do all these things have in common? They're all mysterious disappearances. And that is the theme of this week's Morbid Message Monday, brought to you by Tech Mess. My name is Jake. And my name is Matt. And today we're getting into the nitty-gritty, the dirty, the ooky, the spooky. We're going to talk about disappearances that were never solved. Matt, how are you feeling Sound about up. this? All I'm right. pretty
1: excited about this. I always like mysterious disappearances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find absolutely. them incredibly intriguing because there's always so much to what led up to that moment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, so, I feel you 100%. So... Here's the thing. These disappearances range anywhere from, like I said, 1587 to, like, I think the last one is 1986, maybe.
1: Yeah, none of them are super recent. So,
0: yeah. And the thing about Morbid Message Monday is we're trying to make your Mondays ooky. We're trying to make them spooky. We're trying to make them educational. (laughs) As if the
1: term Monday wasn't ooky and spooky enough.
0: Does it make us believe in time travel a little? It might. It could. Because this first one, I'm, I'm not totally convinced it wasn't aliens. So let's jump right in to Virginia Dare in the Lost Colony. Real quick, this is another Pedia, NC Pedia. So I'm guessing North Carolina Pedia, maybe. And uh, yeah, so this is Virginia Dare, also known as the White Doe. More than 400 years ago, Europeans wanted to set up colonies in the New World. For them, the New World meant the present-day continents of North and South America. Sir Walter Raleigh, an adventurous English gentleman, sent a group of men to explore the New World. A later expedition ex- established a settlement on Roanoke Island on the North Carolina coast. In 1586, after enduring winter hardships, lack of food, and disagreements with the Native Americans... Survivors of this colony returned to England with Sir Francis Drake. The rally d- then Raleigh decided to send a second group of colonists on April 26, 1587. A small fleet set sail from England, hoping to establish the first permanent English settlement in the New World. The second group of colonists differed from the first because it included not only men but also women and children. It would be a permanent colony. The little fleet consisted of the ship Lion, a flyboat, a fast, flat-bottomed boat capable of maneuvering in shallow water, and a pinnacle, a small sailing ship used to carry supplies. These vessels carried more than 150 men, women, and children. Uh, Also aboard were two Native Americans, Monteo and one, one Chessy. One oh, I don't want to say it wrong, but I did. Who had gone to England with Raleigh's previous expedition and were returning to their home. The pilot was a Spaniard, Simon Fernando, and the governor of the new colony was John White. Among the colonists were Governor White's daughter, Eleanor, her husband, Ananias Dare, the. And her husband, Anani Astaire. Hi, I read sometimes. Um, the Voyager. The voyage took longer than usual, the usual six weeks, and the ships finally anchored off Roanoke Island on July twenty-second. So, real quick, that's just a little bit of backstory about kind of how the colony ended up where the colony is. Now, once the colonists landed. Uh, They began repairing the houses that were already there and started building new homes. Eleanor Dare gave birth to a baby girl on August 18th and named her Virginia. Virginia Dare became the first English child born in the new world. So, fun fact about that. First English child born in the new world. Um, Nice. The the colonists began begging... Wow. The colonists begged Governor White to return to England for supplies. He was very reluctant to leave the colony, but finally agreed. On August 27th, nine days after his granddaughter's birth, he set sail. See, it's about to get serious, so we're going to add like... He planned to get relief supplies and more colonists in England, and then return to Roanoke Island as soon as possible. I love you. Sorry, that's my wife. However, his plans did not work out. Soon after White returned to England, King Philip II of Spain and his armada fleet of warships attacked the British. Because of this attack and for other reasons, White could not return to Roanoke until three years later. Once he finally reached Roanoke Island in August, August 18th of 1590, his granddaughter's third birthday, the colony was abandoned. What had happened? The only clues are found in a logbook kept by Governor White. He found the letters CRO carved on a tree near the water's edge. The settlement had been enclosed by a palisade, a tall fence with stakes pointed at the top and set close together to make a fort. At the first, at the right side of the entrance, the word Croatoan, 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 Croatoan uh, had been (laughs) carved. Croatoan? Or, yeah, fuck it, had been carved on the post without any cross or sign of distress near it. White and his men continued to search but never found a trace of the colony. White hoped that the colonists were safe with Manteo and his friendly Croatoan tribesmen at their home on Hatteras Island. So, obviously this is, this is a rather in-depth detailed thing. So I'm going to try to skim a little bit so Matt can get to his... But I'm really stoked about this one. So what happened to these lost colonists? No one knows for sure. As with many mysteries, when the answer cannot be found, legends grow to explain the story. One of the most enduring North Carolina legends about Virginia Dare is about Virginia Dare as the white doe. The white doe. In 1901, Sally Suffle Cotton wrote The White Doe: The Fate of Virginia Dare, a long narrative poem that tried to explain the mystery. According to Miss Cotton's story and later variations of the legend, Virginia Dare grew up in the tribe of the friendly... Native American, Manteo. These all say Indian, and I don't want to say that because I feel like that's wrong, right? She became known as Winoa Ska and grew into, oh, like Ska, like into a beautiful young woman whom everyone loved. Okisco was a handsome, young Native American chieftain who wished to marry her. However, an old witch doctor, Chico, also wanted to win Winona Ska. When, when, yeah, it is Winona Ska. Chico was very jealous of Os. O- o- oh my god. Okisco. You had to
1: pick all the complicated names, didn't you? I've seriously.
0: Fuck, dude. I even read this. That's what sucks. In spite of his efforts to win her love, Chico was turned down by Winona Ska. Enraged, he used evil magic to turn her into a white doe. If she wouldn't be his, no other man could have her either. Alright. So obviously, I mean that is that is just one theory of what happened to Virginia Dare and the Lost Colony. Now, you know, when I was first reading this, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for aliens, for extraterrestrials, for I want to believe. So literally, as soon as I saw that the entire village disappeared, I was like, it was an abduction. That's what it was. Aliens. Aliens. Aliens took them. They're on another planet now. And they, I hope that, that that's... Do? aliens." <laughs> Aliens, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I like the White Doe story as well. I I, I didn't read the no, full narrative cool. poem, but I am curious if I can now because I'm not going to read the entire thing, obviously, because it's literally like a full fucking like book, <laughs> a yeah. poem book. Maybe don't. But <laughs> let me let me read the very beginning, okay? Of uh, as uh, hold on hold on hold on okay guys b- bear with me here wow okay maybe this isn't a poem
1: <laughs> i would skip it for now then
0: yeah i'm gonna skip it guys not a poem anyway virginia in the last colony what do you think happened i you know maybe it wasn't aliens maybe i'm just being a little bit too excitable about the whole thing but i also don't believe that it was virginia Dare the white doe. Now, I'm not a hundred percent against the idea that they went on to live with Monte Man Manteo totally and his friendly Cro- Croatoan tribesmen. But I don't know. I don't know. Because he, they like there was no sign of these people ever seen again. Like ever. Yeah, mass
1: suicide would be something. Mass suicide would be there, interesting. You, you would have some sort of sign of them left. Uh, not
0: necessarily by any means. Unless I mean they all
1: like, like suicided in the
0: middle of the ocean. For those of you listening to the podcast, these are the rec- the suggestions of those watching live, as you can do every Monday, every Monday. at twitch.tv slash tech underscore mess 9 p.m. MST. Yes. So there's the idea of mass suicide, which is definitely an interesting one. I mean, that's a. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this time period, it doesn't necessarily make sense, but. I'm also not 100% against it. Maybe they ran out of supplies and they needed to, you know, move really forward.
1: Records keeping,
0: it, I mean, very true. It could be. It's 1589 remember what? 1580s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they,
1: they very well could have moved somewhere else and just decided, fuck it, we're not going to record where we're going.
0: Well, yeah, and Governor White did return three years later. So, like, I get it. Yeah, uh, there's starvation is a is a theory here, which. I'm definitely not against that. My theory, right, seeing this is starvation that led to mass suicide. Maybe they were like, let's all go out together. I don't know. Okay. Water, cholera, that's true. And then I like aliens. As do I. I like the idea it was aliens. So yeah, that is the tale in as in very thin form of Virginia Dare and the Lost Colony. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I've, I'm still a little like, what happened? Because none of them were ever heard of from again. So, I mean, yeah, they might have all just died and like, it could be like just a boring like, oh yeah, they all lived and then they died. But the truth is out there. You're absolutely right.
1: Very well could have been the first social protest.
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to say social distancing.
1: Social distancing. It it crossed my mind. I'm not going to lie. It did cross my (laughs) mind with today's day and age.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, Matt, you know we talked about this woman disappearing yeah. without a trace. Yeah. Let's hear about the next person. Let's talk
1: about the, trace. the man that vanished into thin air. Oof. Let's hmm. go! I can't wait. James E. Ted Ford, often referred to as Ted Ford, born in 1884 in Vermont. Not much is known of his early life, but in 1940, he was a resident of Fletchertown, Franklin VT, which, what is that? Is that, what is VT?
0: (laughs) Something, man. Vermont. 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 Hey, that's a place. Hey, Vermontians, we we see you.
1: He lived there with his younger wife, Pearl, who was 28 and he was 56. So there's that.
0: Interesting. Literally double (laughs) the age.
1: Things started to get very strange for the Tetford's following the Tetford's return to Vermont at the end of the second spell of of his military service At the end of World War II. He returned to find his wife, Pearl, had vanished. No trace of her could be found. The property they rented in Fletchertown had been left abandoned and the Tetford's family claimed no knowledge of the whereabouts of his missing wife. They say that... They had last heard. They had last seen her heading towards a Mako store in Franklin, and then they never saw her again. So she was out going shopping, and then poof, gone. <laughs> aliens, yes, aliens. Yeah. We'll just chalk it all up to aliens tonight. Basically,
0: every one of these mysterious disappearances is <laughs> <as> aliens.
1: <laughs> On December first of nineteen forty-nine, Tetford's remaining family reported him missing. Police investigators' reports show that he boarded a bus in St. Albans a few days earlier, but he had not arrived at his destination. So they picked him up on the way there.
2: But he had disappeared
1: in the last part of his trip, on his way to a retirement home in Bennington and from a trip to see family in Saint Albans, Vermont. Scheduled bus trip should have taken the best part of eight hours, but heavy snow caused a long delay. Oh, snow! I'll add the sound effects later.
0: Jake. It's okay.
2: The route passed through
1: the Green Mountain National Forest, an area renowned for the disappearances and strange events in 1940s tetford was seen sitting on the bus with 14 other passengers and they all testified to seeing him there sleeping in his seat when the bus reached its destination however tetford was gone the driver and other witnesses all testified that they had not seen the old man leave the bus Hmm. and somewhere between the last stop at bennington tetford vanished he's gone strangely all of his belongings what
0: he's never showed back up right
1: No, he just disappeared. All of his belongings were still left on a luggage rack in the local bus terminal. And uh, it was just his empty seat. He was never returned. He never was found. No part of him was ever seen. So, yeah. He just disappeared on the way to a retirement home. And now, when was this? This was in 1949. Damn.
0: James Edward Tetford. Well Asking and you, and so they both disappeared, right?
1: They both disappeared. She disappeared first without a trace, just heading to the grocery store and then he disappeared. All right, bus. let's
0: let's get into the Sorry. nitty-gritty here. He killed her and then regretted his mistake, went and off, out of the killed bus. himself. I think so. I
1: don't know. Yeah, but how to get off it, the bus without anyone seeing him?
0: It it's okay. V- listen. <laughs> I know they're like, oh, nobody's on. But first of all, you have to keep in mind that people are very private and they may not say a damn thing. True. They may be like, oh, who's asking? Who's asking? It's the 1940s, you know what I mean? Like Nobody wants to talk to anybody here.
1: The days of the mob.
0: And now, second, <laughs> aliens. Aliens who need rice and TP. Oh, my God. You guys got ideas. We'll get into them in a moment. I think that James Tetford May have, allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly because this is not a accusation. We do I not think, have the answers. I think that he disappeared his wife. And then he disappeared Possibly. himself. However, maybe, how would
1: he disappear her if he was in active duty in World War II? Did he pay somebody to disappear her?
0: Aliens, man. They, they brought him back. That's what it was. They brought him back to disappear. I don't fucking know. I think... <laughs> I think there's, I think there's more to it than they're leading on now. it could be very much could be. And again, these, these are, these are older stories right now. Like these are the, these are the nitty, the, the nitty, the gritty. Everybody thinks it's aliens.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's a solid answer for everything in life. For,
0: for most disappearances. Yeah. Where'd you put your car
1: keys? Aliens.
0: Yeah. Where did you put your car keys? It's a very
1: easy answer. Who built the pyramids? Aliens. I think so. I do.
0: I honestly still do to this day. How the fuck are you? I'm, we're not going to get into this. That's a whole other episode it's of
1: Message Monday. <laughs> there you go. Aliens. It a sock. It's the fucking aliens. aliens. They're taking out your dryer.
0: Wh- where are all the things that are hiding in your house? They're in the ship, the mothership, my friends. I it's hope a
1: hoarder's paradise.
0: No, I love aliens. They're some of my best friends. But time travel wins. Inflection points. Valid. Time travel would be an interesting, an interesting thing. All right. But now we're not going to get into time travel because I would need to do hours of research before I even try to pretend like I understand the correct way of doing it. But I personally believe in the alternate universe of time travel versus the, you can go back in your own timeline and then fuck up your future. I don't think Mm -hmm. that that would, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Like, what? like, how's that? Come on. You know, time travel in general is pretty wacky, but alternate universes are not. The I'm not against, yes. yeah, the multiverse. Exactly, I'm not against the the existence of the multiverse by any means. So, it. you heard it here. Jake believes in the multiverse, <laughs> and here's something that I also believe. I believe that Ray Grissar disappeared on April fifteenth, two thousand five. Now, here's, here's a little, here's a little backstory. He was the county district attorney. So my thought is this is going to be a little bit more of a dark disappearance. Like this is this dude. He's, I, I, he's in the bottom of a lake somewhere, I think, but I'll get into it a little bit more. On April 15th, 2005, Center County District Attorney Ray Grissar parked his car in Lewisburg and went for a stroll down Market Street. He has been missing ever since. Now, this comes from the Bucknellian.net in April 19th, 2018. So this is 13 years later. On April 17, 2005, a small headline appeared in the corner of the front page of this. I'm not even going to pretend. Susquehanna. Maybe I did say that right. Susquehanna hey. Valley Daily. Item Center County DA Missing. The story continued inside the paper, briefly outlining a developing case. Police searched the land and air in central Pennsylvania for any sign of a car driven by Center County's top prosecutor, who was reported missing. Saturday, after he failed to return home from a drive the day before. The prosecutor, Ray Grissar had awoken Friday, April 15th, and told his girlfriend, Patty Fornicola, that he would be skipping work that day and to enjoy a drive down to Lewisburg. It was one of the first warm days of the year, and Grissar told Fornicola he was hoping to enjoy the weather. By early the next day, his red Mini Cooper was found by a state trooper in the parking lot. Sorry, this is... 100% 100% wrong so I got to do it better <clears throat> <clears throat> by early the next day his red mini cooper was found by a state trooper in the parking lot of the street shops about 50 miles from his home in belfont pennsylvania many witnesses reported seeing or speaking to grissom on market street his phone turned off was found within the car however his laptop wallet keys or his laptop wallet and car keys were not. Now, 13 years later, well, more now. What is this? Not uh, How many years? Uh, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> the question of what happened to Grassar that sunny Friday in Lewisburg still remains. He was born in Cleveland um, and had served as the Pennsylvania Center Court District Attorney from 1985 to 2005. So he was active district attorney when that happened. Um, yeah. He specialized in cases of homicide. Uh, he actually prosecuted many notable cases, including the per- perpetrator of the Hetzel Union building shooting in which a woman opened fire with a rifle at Penn State in 1996, killing one Jeez. student and wounding another. In 1998, oh, Grissard declined to press charges against the infamous Jerry Sandusky, the longtime Penn State assistant football coach who was charged and convicted with 40 counts of child sex abuse in 2011. Some believe that Grissard declined to press charges against Sandusky in order to avoid having to tackle such a hometown legend. However, Anthony DeBoeuf, who had worked as an assistant district attorney under Grissard for five years, strongly disagrees. Not one got a bye with Ray. He didn't care who you were. He had a job to do. So he's a very he's a very serious guy. Um, I want more than anything... Oh, Grisard's daughter, Laura, issued a plea for her father at a news conference three days after his disappearance. I want more than anything to hear your voice and for you to hug me. Maybe we can go for a hike, go hike up a mountain and sit and talk. Please call. Visibly emotional, she addressed the public. To everyone else out there, if you have seen my father, please contact police. Within the week, the FBI was called in to assist With the investigation, divers searched the Susquehanna River while helicopters covered both land and water from above. In July, Grassar's laptop, which was missing its hard drive... What? Missing its hard drive was found months later by a fisherman on the bank near the old railway bridge, which runs parallel to the traffic bridge. The hard drive was too damaged to be read. Okay. Grassar's wallet and keys were not found. Hmm. Oh. Now, from the motorcycle gang Hells Angels to Grissard's own girlfriend, the police explored many possible suspects over the course of the investigation. Yet an official suspect was never identified. On April 22nd, the Bucknellian reported that an anonymous donor had promised a $5,000 reward for information regarding Grissard's whereabouts. Who's the anonymous donor? It is unclear whether the money was ever awarded to anyone. The case has been the subject uh, of many television documentary programs including Dateline NBC and CBS's Without a Trace. While his body has not been found, Grassar was declared legally dead on July 25th, 2011. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I that's that's Never found Ooh, one. that's naughty. That's foul play, I think, right? Now I'm not saying That's from like, not I'm not saying from like the cop's point of view, I'm like, as an investigator, right? I'm saying like, mm-hmm. why was he pronounced dead? Like, how why long is it? Disappear like that. Yeah. Well, how long is it until somebody is considered legally dead uh, during an investigation? I think it's a year. No, because be like, I'm listen, dude, would be I mean, better like at answering
1: that because she watches all the merger shows. So let's see here.
0: Life insurance scam. Maybe. I, but I don't think that Grisara is sitting on a beach somewhere enjoying a marg. You know what I mean? I think there's, there's something. I feel like there's something wrong here. However. Seven years. Seven years. The body was never found. However, the laptop, the wallet, and the keys were found. So maybe we got a little something something. Maybe. So you said seven years, but that was before seven years. Because seven years would be 2012. I'm Hi, sure I'm masked.
1: I'm sure it's, yeah, I'm sure it's dependent on like, you know, where the case went, how much they have on the case. And if they close the case out, they close the case out and they basically just consider them dead. I don't really
0: know. Yeah, that is true. I, I I'm not sure, man. I, oh, I According know. According
1: to the wizards of Google, which are always correct, seven years.
0: Seven years. The internet never lies. Mm-mm. So never. let's, let's go over this. What do you think happened?
1: I I do agree with the concept that he kind of bailed, went to the Caribbean, and he's slurping down my ties. Interesting. It's just so odd that the laptop would stay, but the hard drive was gone. Yeah, but then then, then in the same else.
0: article they said that the they found the laptop, the hard drive, and it was too damaged.
1: Oh, did they find the hard drive? Okay.
0: Yeah. So the hard drive was part. too damaged to be read.
1: I mean still the same concept
0: oh, though because shit, like, I totally missed that. The hard drive was damage. found months later by a fisherman. Okay.
1: On the bank. So I was destroyed and then tossed into a river.
0: Whoa. And still near, near the old railway bridge which runs parallel to the traffic bridge.
1: You don't you don't off somebody and then destroy a hard drive and throw it off up here. Right? Okay, I mean, first that of all, just yes, it does happen.
0: Yes, you do. No. Listen, no, if no. he has sensitive documents about your boss or somebody of well, that nature. That's,
1: okay. All right. I'll give you that one. I'll
0: give you that You one. You off them. You take their body somewhere true. and then you chuck their hard drive in the river so nobody can ever find it. However, so why not destroy hard drive it?
1: Hard and the body, but the hard drive was found and the body was not. But why
0: not destroy it? If there's sensitive information on that hard drive, well, you're going to destroy it.
1: It seems like they did a good job.
0: No, see, they didn't do a good enough job though, because if you really want that information to never be found, it's true. You need to like, like Tommy Lawrence right here says, you got to drill it. We all know this. You got to drill those things. Yeah. Throw it in a magnet box. Even then drill it afterwards. Really destroy the shit out
1: of it. Oh no. Drives don't survive magnet boxes.
0: I mean, I know, but still there's like a one in a million chance, but drilling it, there's no chance ever whatsoever. You drilled that shit. It's gone. Goodbye i don't know i am a little perplexed because listen that
1: one is quite mysterious
0: his stuff is found okay but i I don't i don't know he's nowhere body was never found why would he yeet his wallet his keys and his hard drive just into the river too If he was like going off this assumption that we're making of, okay, he's going to the Caribbean. Like, I guess maybe if he doesn't want to be found, I don't know,
1: though. I think the real answer is hashtag aliens.
0: It's aliens. It's aliens again, everybody. How did you know? (laughs) To make it look like the aliens didn't see that sexy dad jokes is correct. To make it look like the aliens didn't take him. That is exactly it. I think that's we exactly cracked the case guys. Let's call the
1: FBI. We know the answers to all of this. That's why you watch this show.
0: That's that's what you're here. You're here for the real, the nitty, the gritty. Real the don't morbid.
1: Watch, watch Tech Mess.
0: Then watch <laughs> Tech Mess. Yeah, it's a much better choice. Much better. So much better. Yeah, you'll have a much better, you'll much better understanding much better from two timing. dudes who understand very little. Uh yes, average yes. criminal in the eighties know how to drill to make it look like the aliens didn't pick him up. magnavox is dream time subject, though. If I don't return, I want you all to know. That's a good point. Sexy <laughs> night jokes. True. The truth is right here. It's staring us in the face. What are you doing, people? The truth is out there. Sound like Jeff Bridges there for a second. Guys, I wanna tell you wait, where is it? Oh fuck! I don't think I did it. Hold on. What is it? where is it this?
2: There you go. What is it? It was this one too. Uh,
0: yep. So there we go. Huh? There's a little little sign for you. Okay. Gotcha. And then last one. That's oh, one. Wow.
1: Those, I guarantee YouTube's gonna be
0: like DMCA. There you go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it for a second, cut it out. Oh hell! <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yes, bring us in on this next one.
1: This one's this one's an interesting one. I always Ooh. have a special place in my heart for the disappearances of ships. Interesting. More importantly, the random disappearance of the ship's passengers, only to find the ship without its people. Hmm. MV Joyita
0: was a merchant probably, vessel. Probably, probably Hoyita. 24. I'm just going to throw it Is out it there.
1: Hoyita? It could be Hoyita. It could be Hoyita. It's from New Zealand. So it could be Hoyita.
0: It could be Joyita. So too. We'll,
1: we'll say Hoyita. MV Hoyita. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no correction on how you say it a merchant vessel with 25 passengers and crew that mysteriously disappeared in the South Pacific in October of 1955. She was found adrift with no one aboard. The ship was in very poor condition with corroded pipes and a radio which, while functional, had a range of about two miles, which, if you know anything about the ocean, it's big and two miles ain't enough.
0: Two miles ain't Because of the faulty enough. wiring.
1: <laughs> However, the extreme buoyancy of the ship made sinking it nearly impossible. Much unlike the Titanic. Investigators were puzzled as to why the crew had not remained on board and waited for help. So basically, this guy, this ship, the Huita, at about 5 o'clock a.m. on October 1955, the Huita left Samoa's Apia Harbor, bound for Tokilao Tokilao Islands, about 270 miles away. The boat had been scheduled to leave the noontide the previous day, and her departure was delayed because her port engine clutch failed. Hoyita eventually left Samoa on one engine. Definitely not a good idea. She was carrying 16 crew members and nine passengers, including a government official, a doctor, and... Oh, a doctor, Alfred Andy Dennis Parsons, a World War II surgeon on on his way to perform an amputation. Um her cargo consisted of medical supplies, timber, eighty empty forty five gallon two hundred liter oil drums, and various foodstuffs. Voyage was expected to take forty one to forty eight hours. She was scheduled to return with a cargo of copra. Not sure what copra is. It Hoyita was scheduled like to arrive
0: female I copper. I
1: don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. Hoyita was scheduled to arrive in the Tokyo Islands on fifth of October. On October sixth, a message from Pacaoufo oh, yeah, reported that the ship was overdue. No you ship gave me land-based ship. operator. <laughs> these are these are difficult. Uh, no no land-based operator reported receiving a distress signal from the crew, and a search and rescue mission was launched. Um, they found the boat,
2: but there was mm. no one inside of it.
1: The merchant ship. Tuvalu, en route from Suva and Funafuti, sighted Hoita <laughs> more than 600 miles west from the scheduled route, <laughs> drifting north of, oh my god, Van- Vanua Levu. The ship was partially submerged and listing heavily. Her port deck rail was awash, and there was no trace of anyone. Damn. Four tons of cargo was also missing. The recovery party noted that the radio and was discovered tuned to 2,182 kilohertz, the International Marine Radio Telephone Distress Channel. So they tried to call for help. Okay. Uh, important things to note, barnacle growth on the ship was above the usual waterline. There was some damage to the superstructure. And okay. Hoyita carried a dinghy and three Carly Dang. life rafts, but all were missing. Oh. So they left sure but we're never found
0: interesting i don't
1: know nowhere near the bermuda nowhere near I think the bermuda I, triangle I, I,
0: so i think i know what it was what? What? aliens sixty
1: <sighs> he's on top of it alien landed on top
0: alien landed on top yeah absolutely they oh, they, oh, they heard oh, all the crazy literally. names and they're like this must be it <laughs> we got to take this
1: down just to we make gotta this take it down. worse. This is,
0: this, is the, this is it. I don't know. I see that there's quite a few different h- hypotheses about it. Yeah, uh, they said the only things
1: that were really found were the fact that the lower deck were flooded and the hull was actually intact. Like everything was fine. So it seems like it just took on water.
2: I but, find um, it
0: interesting that all of the cargo was gone.
1: Oh, interesting! So they found a pipe in the raw water circulate of the engine circuit of the engine cooling system that had failed due to galvanic corrosion, um, allowing the pipes to bulge. Interesting. And fill the bilges with water. Interesting. So still, it sank because of a mechanical failure. It still but feels a
0: little fishy. Where everybody go? I mean, yeah, you're out in the middle of the ocean, and whatnot, but you're not just all gonna drown.
1: Like a medium. was it aliens or is this another Gilligan's Island tale?
0: Storm plus aliens plus sea monster. At times we simplify too much. You're absolutely it right. It
1: could very much. Yeah, it could be the Kraken. Yes.
0: I mean the Hoyita Maybe was Jones. used for fishing in the late 1940s. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. The thing is with all with all of these stories, not all of them, because like the Grassar thing was fairly recent. We don't have a lot to go off of because, I mean, simply things were different. I mean, they don't have the kind of like forensics or anything that we have now.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing too is like they relied on like a ship not reporting on time. Yeah. So by the time they figured out that you didn't report on time, you're already in trouble.
0: Yes, absolutely. So
1: we didn't have satellites back then.
0: And speaking of time, we're going to run into trouble if we don't end this soon. Because, oh, my God, it's 945. Let's, we're going to speed round it. We're going to speed round this. Uh, the la- these three. last two. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, two. yes, yes. Okay. Uh, this one's quick. This one is about Paula Jean Ooh. Weldon. Now, Paula Jean, Jean Weldon was also from Vermont. Hello there. Uh, Vermont, what are you doing? Are there aliens in Vermont? I don't know, guys. Probably. Are there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm too easy. Um, the mystery began on ni- December 1st, 1946. Paula worked a double shift in the college dining hall, spent some time with her roommate, Elizabeth Johnson, and then decided to go out for a while. According to Johnson, Paula was dressed in a distinctive red parka coat with a fur-lined hood, blue jeans, topsider shoes with thick soles, and a gold Elgin wristwatch with a black band. She also remembered Paula's last words. I'm all through with studies. I'm taking a long walk. Hmm. Okay. Paul's long walk was to be along part of Vermont's long trail, which in total runs 272 miles from the Massachusetts state line to the Colorado. Canadian border. Canadian. What the fuck is wrong with me? Canadian border. The cold water water. Wow, the cold weather, and Paula's out. I'm embarrassed. This is awful. Stream's over. Good night. And Paula's outfit suggested that Paula hadn't planned on being out longer than a few hours. Shortly after, Paula, or a girl seen in similar clothing with the same physical description, was spotted by Danny Fager. Fager owned a gas station across the street from the college gates, and alleged that he'd seen the girl run up and then down the side of the gravel of a gravel pit near the college entrance. This would have occurred just after Paula's departure from her room around 2:45 p.m. Fifteen minutes later, a man named Louis Knapp claimed to have picked up a young girl hitchhiking on Route 67A near the college. Knapp remembered her appearance as being consistent with Paula's and also recalled a seemingly insignificant chain exchange between himself and the girl. While climbing into his truck, the girl lost her footing. Knapp told her to be careful, but said nothing until letting her out on Route 9 near the long trail.
2: Hmm.
0: Just before 4 p.m., Paula was seen again. This time by several people in Brickford Bickford Hollow, where she appeared to be heading toward the trail. One of these people, Ernie Whitman, warned Paula against traveling into the mountains without heavier clothing. She reportedly ignored him and continued on her way. So okay. I'm feeling a little um did you did you learn about Elisa Lamb at the Hotel Cecil? Yes. Have, okay. I'm getting a yes. little bit of that vibe right a little now. Bit. She's, you know, kind of being a little reckless. She's just going for it. Now, I don't know what happened with Elisa Lamb. Nobody does. That's a whole other thing, but that's Mm -hmm. covered in much more detail, and that's not what we're trying to cover. So we'll get back to it. Um, By the time night fell, Paula's roommates started to worry. Not wanting to arouse any unnecessary panic, Johnson said nothing to the college president, Lewis Webster Jones, until the next morning. Jones phoned Paula's parents to ask if she'd gone home for the weekend. Paula's mother collapsed with worry and was confined to her bed. Paula's father, engineer W. Archibald Weldon, left his Stamford, Connecticut home for for Bennington. Upon arriving, Mr. Weldon sprang into action by organizing a massive search party, which included local residents as well as students from Bennington and nearby Williams College. After a full day had passed with no results, most of the students gave up in just pure frustration. Mr. Weldon called in both the New York and Connecticut state police to help Vermont had no state police force at the time but it did have a state investigator named Almo Franzoni who whose involvement only served to raise a $5,000 reward for information now There's obviously a lot here. There was a big, crazy search party. There were days that passed with no resolution. Bizarre leads surfaced in different areas, including one from her waitress in Fall River, Massachusetts, who claimed to serve dinner to a disturbed woman fitting Paula's description. Now, here's the thing about these leads. I like when you make something like this super public. People are going to call in. I mean, nonstop. They, mm-hmm. it's, it's like getting your 15 minutes of fame. You know what well, I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, like, like one of the worst things that you can do is really make this like a pub. Oh, if you've seen this person, because then the police just get hammered. Yeah. Both drunk wise and to uh, take all the phone calls. Boom. ha <laughs> got them. Boom. Um, on December 16th, Mr. Weldon admonished the police for their lack of professionalism and returned to Connecticut. He was particularly aghast that no records had been kept for the first 10 days of the investigation. Once reporters got wind of this, they descended on Bennington and jotted down everything they could find. The negative press eventually led to the creation of the Vermont State Police in 1947. Interesting. So this led pretty heavily to Something good came, something to the good came yeah, something out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The body was never found. Nine years after Paula's disappearance, a lumberjack came forward. He claimed that he'd been in Bickford Hollow when Paula went missing, and he also claimed to know where her body was buried. He claimed to know. Attorney Reuben Levin questioned the man incessantly until the man admitted to making it all up for publicity. You piece of shit! Ah. Then in 1968, a skeleton was found. Investigators scrambled excitedly, hoping to finally bring closure to the aging cold case. But again, their hopes were dashed. It was determined that the remains were far too old to be Paula. Uh-huh. Independent analyses of the Paula Jean Weldon case have led to unusual or usual conclusions. She became lost and died in the elements, or she ran off with a boyfriend. One of the eerie Eerieer Theories points to Bennington the Bennington Triangle? What the fuck? A notorious section of the southwestern Vermont of the southwestern Vermont. Of southwestern Vermont. Tyson Dang shivers. What's up, dude? <laughs> Good to see you. Where five people, including Paula, vanished between 1945 and 1950. Let's go! Next week, we're doing more mysterious disappearances. We're gonna do all of the ones from the Vermont. Or for the Bennington Triangle, including this all one. Right. We'll get into even more detail. Let's right. fucking go. The Bennington Triangle. Let's fucking do this, people. Such as New England author Joseph Citro believe that Paul's disappearance has no otherworldly explanation. Okay, first of all, first of all, let me tell you something. I'm
2: trying to It could always be
0: aliens. It could always be aliens. Officially, the unsolved case of Paula Jean Weldon remains open, though it is unlikely that it will ever be solved. At this point, no. No, not at this point. I mean, damn. That is nuts. 1946. She was 18 years old. Crazy. 18 years old at the time of her disappearance. Can you believe? I mean, come on. What a dickhead, that lumberjack. Say, I killed her. I know where the body's buried. That's pretty uh, crappy. But then finally, it was like, I made it up for the publicity. This is exactly what I was saying. Like, people arrested do that him shit.
1: For the fucking.
0: For the in, uh, what is it?
1: For the fun of it at that point.
0: Well, no, it's not the fun of it. There's a word for it. It's tampering with an investigation.
1: The, yeah.
0: Never trust a lumberjack. You're absolutely right. Time triangle. Very, Tommy yeah. Larson. <laughs> Man, what? What? Wow. Just these these cases, right? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of factors here. And the woman, mm-hmm. like, you know, she was 18. She didn't seem to be, like, out of shape or anything. She did go into a very, very rough, you know, mountain hike, right. basically, where the elements could have easily killed her. But there would be a body, right? Unless, like, she was eaten by, yeah. like, bears or something. But, I mean, even then, I think, like...
1: You there's more,
0: yeah, there's more to it here. And they, like I said, I mean, Bigfoot. up until 4 p.m., people were like seeing her and everything was fine.
1: It was yeah. Bigfoot.
0: Yeah. They, there is some, something interesting to the the waitress that said she saw a disturbed woman. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. like maybe there's something there. But I mean big search parties that like had helicopters and like all sorts of craziness. And they found nothing. And they yeah. found legit nothing. Literally nothing. Like I said, it is good that it led to the Vermont State Police being formed, and it's also good that it led us to the Bennington Triangle. Let's fucking go. (laughs) You know what else is good?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily good. (laughs) I think the final theme for tonight is just don't fucking hike alone. Just don't. Because Barbara Asunta Bolick disappeared July 18th, 2007 Bear in the Bear Creek Overlook in the Bitterroot Mountains of Montana. Last seen on the overlook of the Bitterroot Mountains, West Victor in Montana on Wednesday, July 18th, 2007. Her husband's cousin and cousin's friend, Jim Raymaker, 58, were visiting from California. and Barbara was supposed to take them both out for a hike. But the husband's cousin was he was hung over. Didn't want to go. So yeah. only Jim and Barbara headed out. And around noon Jim Yeah, Jim and Barb, I'm a bit
0: hung over. You'll go ahead.
1: you go now. you go ahead. <laughs> Jim stopped to look over the scenic view whilst Barbara was about twenty or thirty feet away from him. But when he turned around about a
0: minute or two later, she was gone. Never to be seen again. Son of a bitch, this was one of mine, and I totally fucking mixed it all up. Continue. Did you? Yeah. Barbara was an
1: experienced hiker with a very familiar. She was very familiar with this area. She was carrying a black day pack at the time of her disappearance, and it contained a 357 Magnum.
0: Ooh, Ooh, she wasn't fucking around. She
1: was packing. (laughs) Neither Barbara nor her belongings were ever found. I mean, that means you could find that.
0: Yeah. Free gun. The gun's not just going to disappear. That's true.
1: What is it and where is it? The, uh, so yeah, the uh, Break Creek Over- Overlook Trail is a moderately rated trafficked out in the back trail near the Victor Mountain. Good Lord. Mm, I can't in talk Victor better.
0: Montana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Located near Victor Montana. It features a stunning view of Bear Creek and the surrounding mountains.
0: That made me feel a lot um, better. I'm, I'm
1: not going yeah, it, it happens. You know, we're not used Near to doing this yet. the Victor
0: Creek so. in the in um, <laughs> Tanzania.
1: <laughs> Barbara lived with her husband who had previously had a heart attack and didn't hike, so he didn't accompany her, which is why he didn't know. Mm-hmm. He fully cooperated with police, and there was an extensive search of the area, which turned up no sign of Barbara. Uh, Jim also fully cooperated with investigators, and he was not named a suspect, which, come on. I come mean... On. He's got, he was with her.
0: You got, he's the only, he's the only witness. I mean, her husband noted that she, yeah.
1: Her husband noted that she was afraid of heights and would not have gone near the edge of a precipice or left the trail. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, There was talk of two young men who were also on the trail who had spoken with them and they were considered witnesses, but they were never able to find them even after offering a $10,000 reward for Information or to just identify the two men.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: let's see. They were in their early twenties and accompanied by a black mixed breed dog with flappy ears and white markings. One of them described as a dark skinned with black hair. The other had a medium complexion with reddish hair. Both men clean cut and were athletic build. Uh, so there's a lot going on here, and there is suspected foul play, uh, mm-hmm. intentional disappearance. Animal attack, even though there was no evidence of bear or mountain lion. Interesting adventure.
0: But nobody really knows. It's, I mean, listen, all of these sound like, Aliens. I don't know. Now, uh, to get a little bit more into the foul play aspect, because listen, I mean, that's what we all want to know. This one kind of screams it. Jim was a trusted family acquaintance, hmm. right? So he was possibly dating Barbara's uh, husband's cousin and yep. maybe, what, so what's, what's thought here? This is alleged. We're not trying to defame this poor man. Um, right. Is Perhaps he made sexual advances on Barbara on the hike. There was a struggle and killed her. But the alibi mm-hmm. for such an attack did seem kind of weak. Very. I mean, you know, you know. just, you disappear without a trace. I don't know. I
1: don't know it also could just be bad investigative work they could have just given up and they're like nah he's good he's a good if, guy
0: if there's anything i've learned from the police is like some there it are some happen. definite like terrible investigative work that happens yeah. out there this could,
1: this could very well, very much be one of those or maybe they paid off the police or maybe it was the two men they could never locate
0: or maybe it was after
1: he wasn't looking at him.
0: Aliens.
1: I'm gonna say Bigfoot just because we haven't talked about it yet, and we haven't talked Bigfoot about Bigfoot part of
0: this. Yeah, it was a yeah. cryptid, probably. It's Bigfoot. it's Bigfoot. It had to have been Barbara Bullock, What an interesting, Jabra. what an interesting story there. Because I mean, she's got a 357 Magnum you. I mean, come on now. And she was back. She could have killed him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she was packing a fucking. That's dirty, Harry. Just that's dirty. you lucky, punk. So, uh, yeah, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Morbid Message Monday. I hope that you learned something new today. Um, if you didn't, well, I apologize for just letting you down.
2: Mm-hmm. But I don't think,
0: I don't know. I don't think we did. Yeah, law enforcement needs training in aliens. They definitely do. They absolutely did. Not, not the as suspects. Yeah, the police are always suspects, in my opinion. We're not going to get into that. But... Matt, do you have any final closing statements for this this week's episode?
1: I do not, but thank you guys for making this the most viewed episode of Morbid Message Mondays.
0: This will be going live on YouTube tomorrow, Tomorrow. Tuesday, and live everywhere. Everywhere podcasts podcasts are available. Uh, If you listen on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss another episode of Morbid Message Monday. And again, guys, we'll be back next week with the Bennington Triangle because god damn mysterious disappearances are just too good.